Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 9. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. All right, let's pray, get our hearts prepared. Heavenly Father, thank you. We have a place to meet. We have a place to sit and gather around Your Word. Lord, we pray that our hearts can be edified by it. Help me in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here God's will is that all should come to repentance. And He doesn't want any to perish. That's the will of God. However, we know that everybody doesn't repent. (laughs) We know that people do perish. But we need to know that that is not God's will for them. He wills that none should perish and that all come to repentance. So why do some men never trust God? Why do some people never get saved? Why do some never trust the Lord? Let's go over to Isaiah chapter number 45. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number 22. Isaiah 45, verse number 22. Look what the Bible says. All the way back in Isaiah, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. People can look to religion, they can look, (laughs) these people spend half their lives looking straight into a screen. Now, with the way that work is, a lot of people, that's their job. Most of my work is done in front of a screen. (laughs) I'm writing and preparing sermons. If I'm not doing that, if I'm working, I'm sending an email or I'm getting something managed on our company website and people don't look to God. They're looking all over for all kinds of things. They won't look to God. It's not that God wants them to perish. And it's not that God doesn't seek them and and want them to come to Him. It's just they're looking all over the place. And then you notice also in verse number 22, there is none else. People might be okay with you. Well, they will be okay with you if you just keep it in the church. They might be okay with you if you kind of tack on Jesus with all the other stuff that's going on. (laughs) 
they're not going to be okay with you if you say it's exclusive. Jesus, He's the only way. It's not Jesus up there with Buddha and Muhammad and Hare Krishna and all the rest of them. It's all that stuff has to come down. He's the only one, Jesus Christ. So why do some never trust God? They don't look to Him. Uh, let's go back to the New Testament, Acts chapter 7. Uh, Acts chapter 7. Why doesn't man line up with God's will? Why does man's will go against God's will? Watch, watch what man does. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When you heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon Him with one accord. Now we see what happened to Stephen afterwards. People don't listen to God. They stop their ears. They do always resist. You stiff-necked in heart. And to ears. It's this. They don't want to hear. So how do you handle that? We have to know what God's will is. He doesn't want them to perish. He wants them to repent. We as Gospel witnesses have to line up with God's will and have that same heart attitude. I mean, isn't it frustrating when you're trying to train a child or uh, teach a student or have a coach a player and they just won't look to the coach? They just won't listen to the teacher? It's hard, isn't it? Very difficult. And it's easy for the teacher or the instructor or the coach or the parent to just get something in their heart about the kid. Because <laughs> it's just easier to coach someone that's coachable. It is. It is. And I've been there as much as you probably have been there. You're trying to witness to a lost person and before you know it, something's in my heart. <laughs> and I just can't get it. I can't get away from it. I can't get away from it. And I got to bring my mind back to God's will is that they would repent and come to the truth. I can't change them, 
But if I have the indwelt Holy Spirit, my heart should be in line with what God wants. And it will affect your witness. It will affect my witness. If we get something in our heart, it might not come out in the words. Because we'll give them the truth. We know that. But if we get something in our heart, it comes out and it affects the whole witness. So just something to keep in mind. People are going to stop their ears. They're not going to look to God. Don't take it personal. Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. Let's see what it says in verse number 12. I think that's where I want to be. Psalms. Go over one more books. Proverbs. All right, Proverbs 26, verse number 12. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Conceit. Conception. Something's conceived. What does man do? He conceives something in his mind. He forms an idea in his mind. Now, he has an opinion. Now man has a notion. Now man has an imagination. And his own intellect keeps him from God. His eyes won't look up. His ears won't hear. And now his mind is playing tricks on him. He's wise in his own conceit. He conceived something right up here. Formed an idea and an imagination and a notion and then there it goes. And what does God say? It's just foolish. It's foolish. Genesis chapter 6. Verse number 5. Familiar passage of Scripture. And God, Genesis 6-5, saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We get down to verse 8. We know that Noah found grace from God. But your own imagination can keep you from God. You imagine being at that point? Every single imagination and every single thought, all it was was evil. I can't believe the divorce statistics in Christians. I've been in conservative Christian churches for eight years. I'm talking about King James, independent, fundamental, premillennial, Baptist, Bible. <laughs> what other adjectives am I leaving out that are important to identify who we are? <laughs> right? <laughs> Those types of churches. <laughs> yeah, we got the truth. Well, it's funny. You can't live it. <laughs> I'm surprised at the divorce rate in those types of churches. Someone gets something in their heart and then their thought against their spouse is just evil continually. They just have had enough. They're not throwing stuff at each other. They just they hate each other. This is what happened back in Genesis. God was disgusted with it. Why won't men and women line up with God's will? Their thoughts become evil. Their imaginations become evil. 
It's nothing new. Jeremiah chapter 16. Jeremiah chapter 16. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse number 12. The Bible says, And ye have done worse than your fathers, for behold, ye walk every one after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. We think we got a bad. We're small in number. At least we got a couple of people. <laughs> you imagine being Jeremiah? <laughs> About five decades of ministry and zero results. Which, by the way, the book of Lamentations follows. <laughs> I mean, his heart was for those people. Wept for those people. And he can't understand why they can't understand. I know what your problem is. It's your heart. What you imagine is evil. I mean, this is relationship building stuff right here. <laughs> I mean, really, you want to have a better walk with the Lord? Apply these principles. You want to have a better marriage? Apply these principles. You want to have a better family? Apply these principles. Don't get something in your heart that's evil. Don't get something, don't start imagining things that are off of God. This is how these fights start. Okay. Each generation should move upward and onward, but we're getting worse and worse. Nothing is stationary. Nothing is. It's either going to get better or it's going to get worse. I mean, we, you see, building's great. Praise God. We have a place to meet. But you know, if you do nothing to this building, it's not going to stay nothing stationary. It's going to get worse. Something's going to mold out. Something's going to rot out. Something's going to fall out. It's not staying stationary. It's either going to get worse or it's going to get better. You're going to have to work on it and fix it or you're just going to have to let it go. You're going to move in one direction or the other. Go over to Jeremiah 11. Jeremiah 11, verse number 8. 11, 8, look what it says. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear. See, there it is again. But walked everyone in the imagination, here it is again, of their evil heart. Therefore, I will bring unto them all the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. Sin and evil, it just has a contagious property to it, it's going to spread. So you can't let it spread. You've got to stamp it out. you got to stamp it out. How do we do that? You get something in your heart, get it out. <laughs> get it out. If it stays there, it's going to keep building. got to get it out. 13. Jeremiah 13. Jeremiah 13, verse number 10. 13.10 This evil people which refuse, here it is again, hear my words. They refuse to hear my words. 
which walk in the imagination of their heart and walk after other gods to serve them and to worship them shall even be as this girdle which is good for nothing. Serve other gods, it's good for nothing. Why? They won't hear. And they walk in the imagination of their heart. Is it any different today? I know we're not Israel, but principally, the principles, is it any different today? The person just won't hear you. Oh no, he hears the words. He understands English. He don't want it. He don't want it. That's not what God wants for that man. God wants that man to be saved. But the man don't want to hear it. Sin and evilness can only be conquered by God. Depravity only turns into more depravity. You can't reform man. Man's depraved. You can try to reform him by creating new social laws. You can try to reform the family by creating new house rules. But this is a hard issue. This is a hard battle. Reformation doesn't work. Only God can conquer evil. And the history of sin proves that we need God to intervene if we are to ever, ever be saved. Without the Holy Spirit drawing us, without the Holy Spirit wooing us, without God seeking us, we would never seek Him. But guess what? The Holy Spirit does seek us. The Holy Spirit does want to draw us. Man don't want to hear. He doesn't want it. Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23, verse number 14. Let's read a few passages here. Or three, a few verses. 23, 14. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. That's a horrible thing when God has to call you a Sodomite because you're that bad. These are the prophets. They just won't hearken. They commit adultery and walk in lies. Verse 15, Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the lands. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. That's what we talked about this morning. It's God's Word. It doesn't matter who's preaching. People should be here for the preaching of God's Word. If I stay in God's Word or any of the men of the church stay in God's Word, we're all on safe ground. As soon as we get into, well, I just think, well, doesn't history say, well, isn't... So these prophets are doing. 
they got something in their mind. And it doesn't line up with God at all. Verse 17, They say still unto them that despise Me, the Lord hath said, Ye shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, No evil shall come upon you. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord? And who hath perceived and heard His word? Who hath marked His word and heard it? And it goes on. God's going to bring a whirlwind of judgment on them. Right before they bring this false message of peace, they're just false prophets. You know what the problem with false prophets are? Do we have them nowadays? We do. Well, look at verse 14. Let's see something here. Look at verse 14 because this is pretty good. Uh, they, let's see, see, see. Okay. Uh, look in the middle of the verse, right after it says, and walk in lies. Look what it says. They strengthen also the hands of the evildoers. They're not warning the people or rebuking the people in Jeremiah's day about their sin. These prophets aren't doing that. But they have the power of influence because they're prophets. And their influence is powerful because of their status. And they're setting a bad example. So the example is a powerful, powerful influencer. As parents and grandparents, we know this, raising kids. Whoever is the oldest is usually the one that sets the power of influence. If the 10-year-old sister is running out and doing wrong, guess what the 5, 6, and 7-year-olds see? that bad example. Evil influence is powerful when you have status. These prophets have status. And But look what it says also in verse 14. Um, that none doth return from his wickedness. Now look at this. Look at this. It doesn't say the prophets are unto me as of Sodom. It says... They are all of them. God groups them all together. Not just the prophets, but the people too. <laughs> They're all lumped in there. How do we get so far from God? If people would just turn off Benny Hinn, turn off Joel Olstein, realize that every day is not a Friday. It is not. The people are in there right along with the false prophets. False message of peace. False message of prosperity. And people go far from God. Is that God's will? We know. We've been pounding on that the whole sermon. Of course it's not. Jeremiah 17 Jeremiah 17. 
and get Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 9. Ze, uh, Jeremiah 17 and Ecclesiastes 9. 17, 9. Alright, the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's your heart. That's my heart. It's deceitful. So we shouldn't follow our heart. Ecclesiastes 9, verse number 3. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, and there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. Well, that pretty much sums up the state of man's heart. <laughs> I mean, Peter Pan's cute and all if you're into that kind of stuff, but I don't. I wouldn't let your conscience be your guide, or whoever's singing that down that gospel of Disney. That's a humanistic philosophy. Follow your heart. Let your conscience be your guide. Why don't we let God be our guide? Why don't we let God's word be our guide? We're in a mess. I love imagination and creativity with kids. I think that's a wonderful thing. But you, when you try to indoctrinate a, a youngster with secular humanism through fun, creative imagination, you're taking what God has gifted us to do and you're turning it into a vain thing. Notice most of the imaginations are vain imaginations. So there's nothing wrong with being creative or having imagination. But it becomes vain. We create an idol in our heart and there it goes. All right, Mark 7. We're going to wind down. That means the plane is about to land. Mark chapter 7, verse number 20. And he said, That which cometh out of the man that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. You would think this wouldn't happen in Christianity. A woman leaves her husband. Clears out the house. He comes home from work. The only thing left in the closet are the children's t-shirts that say Jesus saves. How does that happen? How does someone not know until it happens? Heart. You get something in your heart and you let it stay there and you let it brew and then you go kill a man. And then you go leave your spouse. And then you go and you just, just mark it down, right down the line. We get something in our heart and we can't let it, we can't get it out of there. It's not God's will. The same reasons why lost men and women won't come to Christ is the same reasons Christians hoot and holler and have all these problems. It's the heart! Of man. And we've got a war against that. 
I want a happy home. You want a happy home? I want a happy church home. You want a happy church home? I want a happy community. You want a happy community? Then have everybody turn their hearts to God. There's the solution. Easy to preach. Hard to live. John 8, 2 Corinthians 11. And then we'll finish. This is the final descent. We just got out of the initial descent. John chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians 11. John 8, 44, familiar passage. John 8, 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. And he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. That's what the devil does to keep men from being saved. He lies to them. And He lies to you too. Thing is, we're not in a lie. We're in the truth, praise God. And if you get in the truth, you're in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 13. Now here's the other problem. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. People are dumb. They're just dumb. They just, it's just this herd cow mentality. They're just following the crowd. Whatever the happy, slappy, slip, slick haircut. I don't know why, but skinny guys, they're guys, they're supposed to be men and they're wearing skinny jeans? Sitting on a stool? Having a chat? And people follow that stuff lock, stock, and barrel. Well, there's nothing sinful with, uh, with a stool. No, there isn't. But stand up and preach. Give God's Word. And people follow this happy, slappy stuff all the way to hell. Now praise God if they get saved and they actually hear the Gospel. Praise the Lord. But my fear is, and I'm sure your fear is the same, there's a lot of false conversions. Preacher friends of mine have warned me, look, you're down south now, brother. You've got, you got to understand some things. <laughs> Everybody's saved. Everybody loves Jesus. It's different. It's different. False ministers, a problem. How do you, how do you, uh, you're responsible. That lost man's responsible. Because all we just said, you can close it out with this. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Out of a pure heart, repenting of what he's been trusting in, can line up with God's will. And God will save that man by his grace. That's our God. That's our God. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. We spent some time here going through some verses. I pray that we absorbed a good bit of it and can apply it to our lives. 
to live more victorious in you, Lord. In Christ's name we do pray as you dismiss us tonight. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.